What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? All right, so Facebook is putting hold on the development of a kid's version of Instagram, which is geared towards children under 13 because they want to address concerns that have been raised about the vulnerability of younger users. The decision comes after an alarm among child advocates, as well as a Wall Street Journal investigation found that Facebook's own research had showed Instagram has a negative mental health impact on many teens. Instagram Kids, which is designed to be ad-free, is geared towards children between the ages 10 and 12. It would also require parental permission to join and include age-appropriate content and features. How do you guys feel about this uh, Instagram for kids thing? Um... YouTube has a YouTube kids and that I think for the most part works. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't, you know, I don't trust Facebook just in general. I have lost a lot of faith in Facebook. I deleted my Facebook account. I do have an Instagram. I get it. So I technically still have Facebook. Um, but I deleted my actual Facebook account, you know, almost 10 years ago now. (laughs) So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want. No- I wanted nothing to do with Facebook back then. Like I just Why? thought. What was, what was the deal? I, I just was like, I'm not interested in being. First of all, I had way too many people that were like my quote unquote friends that weren't really my friends, yeah. and I didn't care about them. And I felt like the whole thing was just super voyeuristic. Like I didn't care. Yeah. Um, now, at least on Instagram, I only follow. I follow the people I want to follow. Right and. You know, whatever. Anyone who wants to follow the stuff I put out there, which is not much because I'm not great at it, um, is is it's fine. Um, but I felt like Facebook was this weird thing where not only did you have to like post, or at least not have to, right? But the fe- the feeling was not only were you posting pictures, but you were posting commentary, and it just you know what? I don't know. I just l- enjoyed Twitter because there was a cap to it, and I can get in and get out. I didn't have to write a doctoral thesis right for something. And, and I don't know. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like And you know what? Maybe when I watched the Zuckerberg movie, I felt even more like, hey, yeah, I mean, he's a genius, but he's kind of a jerk. So hmm. I don't know why. And I, I think I'm in the minority here, at least at least with younger people. I think people who are my age, I'll call people in their mid to late 40s and early 50s. I still like Facebook. I still find it entertaining. Like when no. I open up the Facebook app and it reminds me, hey, this picture was from seven years ago. Or You know, your hey, phone can do that, too. Like if you have an iPhone, it just does yeah, that no, for I, you, too. I, I got it. But I, I don't know why I like it. I still like Facebook. I, I don't post that much stuff on it. I like to read it. It's definitely, George, the way I keep up with all my old college teammates and coaches. Um, it's the way I keep up with a lot of people who I went to high school with. I still like Facebook. I, I guess... Saying that out loud puts me in the minority, and I don't even have a, a fear of, like, not trusting Facebook. So I've still got the app on my phone, whatever. I mean, my bank apps are on my phone. I figure if somebody's going to hack me or whatever, I'm going down all at once. I'm not going to go down. No, it's less app. about, like, the hacking. It's just, like, I just didn't like the platform. Well, Facebook the is kind was, of a gross place. I feel like everybody's so negative, and it's so volatile, and people are, like, like ending friendships over people's opinions on Facebook to me like I get it I feel like it's a little bit much well, yeah Twitter it's, it's not intended to be a place to argue politics with your friends or former friends for sure yeah. that's what it's yeah. turned into definitely but it's why I like Twitter because for its faults and it's certainly vitriolic but um, for its faults at least you're limited right like yeah somebody can tweet you seven million times but at some point you're kind of like all right this is too much like you catch yourself going like Oh, I've run out of characters and it gets complicated. You're like, ah, the hell with it, right? And it's just easier for you to give up if you're someone who wants to tweet. Now, granted, 
that will not stop certain people. But I don't know. I, I just always felt like Twitter, even though it's nowhere near as popular as Facebook and it has plenty of warts as well. I still prefer Twitter as as my platform of choice. Remarkably, I also prefer Twitter, which, by the way, I can't stand only because I hate when somebody creates a new account, has zero followers, doesn't use their real name or their real picture. And then their only thing is I created this account to go attack you. So I really hate that about Twitter. But this whole story came down to Lindsay asking the question about Instagram for kids. George, you mentioned YouTube for kids. Mm-hmm. I used to like Sports Illustrated for kids. Remember when that became like a thing where it was like, hey, we're, we're kind of taking it down a notch for kids that are 10 to 12 years old. I thought that was kind of cool. I don't think that an Instagram for young people is going to work. Can you imagine t- telling your 12-year-old kid, hey, hey, don't play on TikTok anymore and do dances and have all that fun. Go over to Instagram for kids. I just, I don't think they need it. Um, and... Uh, I certainly wouldn't force it on a young kid. I'm fine with regular Instagram. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. So I love Dave Roberts. I have defended Dave Roberts here a lot over the years, uh, particularly before they had won a championship, uh, leading up until they won a championship. But this year I have found myself, I mean, I don't want to say at odds because I don't think he gives a rat's ass what I say, uh, nor should he, to be honest with you. But I have just been which is rare for me, in disagreement with him and his method uh, this particular season. And he is sticking out this thing where the Dodgers are two games back and they have six to go, and he's like, we're playing to win? And I hate it, especially considering how gassed some of his guys are, particularly in the rotation. Yeah, but I got to say, and we got into this pretty much last week, we got kind of got deeper into this, The St. Louis Cardinals are on such fire. They've won 16 straight games now. Uh So whoever wins the NL West is not going to have to see the Cardinals in a one-game wild card. And very frankly, if I'm Dave Roberts, even if I think we can't win the division, if I think, hey, we're two games back now, there's six games to go, We've still got to deal with Milwaukee for three. San Francisco's schedule seems easier, et cetera. I'd still be preaching publicly and in the clubhouse that we're going for the win. And by preaching it, I'd be playing all of my guys. I'd be starting my pitchers. I'd be playing my position players in their normal roles because it's kind of like in the NFL, George. You know, sometimes a team will have clinched their playoff berth and they can't do anything to improve their playoff status, so they sit a bunch of guys in the final week of the season. But then they get to the first round of the playoffs. They haven't played in three weeks. See, but, but here, here, here's the difference, okay? That's where I'm going to stop you. Football is a team sport, okay? Football is a team sport in a way that very few team sports is, is, can replicate, where you have five guys on an offensive line that have to play like one, okay? Basically, right? Is that fair to say? Five guys on an offensive line that all are in the same mindset and all understand what they're supposed to do. Yeah, Yeah, they basically have to play like if they had one body, like they're interconnected, right? Okay. Okay. Um, And and the same thing goes with timing from a quarterback to receiver, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You know, the defensive players, they don't need as much, I think, personally. Uh, But, you know, there's a little thing, you know, when it comes to timing and stuff, whether you're rushing the passer or just being ready to, you know, cover receivers, et cetera. So I don't think football is baseball. Baseball, to me, and I've said this a million times 
uh, on this station before. Baseball is an individual sport that masquerades as a team sport, okay? And why and, do you say that? Because I'm not sure I buy that, but I, I'll, I'll listen to what you're saying. Go ahead. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you go up to bat, mm-hmm. I mean, are you depending on anyone else? Um. Well, I mean, I, I think of baseball as being a team sport. Maybe not. Okay, I don't know, but uh, let, let's, let, I'm going to shake you out of your, of your, of your old-school thinking on baseball, okay? okay let's hear it. I, I am going to shake you out of the cliched baseball thinking. I asked you a question. When you go up to bat, are you depending on your teammates? Okay, I'll play along. I'll say no, because that's what the answer you're looking for. I'll say no, no, it's not the answer I'm looking for. It's the right answer. Oh, it is? Is it not? Do you depend on someone else in the, well, in the you, dugout do you, do you, when you're well, batting? No, you're, you're, not, you're not looking at a guy sitting next to you who has to block a certain way or a guy who has to run a certain pattern, but you are, you are part of a team. You're, you're, I, you're, I understand, but when, you are, when, when you're playing football and you're yeah. the quarterback, yeah. you have to depend on other people to block for you. You have okay. to depend on people to run routes for you. You have to depend on the running back, perhaps to carry the ball for you. There are things you need your teammates for. That is a team sport. Baseball, when you are up to bat, do you depend on anyone but yourself when you're up there at the plate? To hit the ball? No. Correct. Okay? And even, yes, there is a defense behind the pitcher, but the pitcher... In that sport, much like, let's say, a hockey goalie, right, has the ability to control the game where even his defense doesn't need to be up to par to be able to win the game. So even on that side of the ball, there are ways to control the game as individuals, okay? Hence why baseball is an individual sport masquerading as a team sport. When the kicker walks onto the field with four seconds to go in the game, is he an individual or is he a team guy? Somebody's got to snap the ball. Somebody's got to block for him because people are going to try to block the the, pit, the the kick. Okay. Just want to make sure we're on the same page there because that is a team sport and that's a team play and that's a team guy. Um, but regardless of, of whether or not I see this as a team sport and you see this as an individual sport, what is your point, though, about Dave Roberts? Okay. My point is this. Because it is an individual sport that masquerades as a team sport, this nonsense, okay, of the Cardinals have won 16 straight. Yeah, they're awesome. And maybe they'll win 40 straight. Who the hell knows, okay? However, chances are that is not going to happen, okay? And in a one-game sample, if you're throwing out your best players, and look, sports are cruel. There is no um, – this isn't wrestling where it's predetermined, okay, and scripted. Wait, what? And, there, there are crazy things that can happen in a one-game sample size. However, you give yourself the best chance to succeed when you have the best players. I don't care who it is and what sport. Doesn't mean it's going to happen 100% of the time, but your chances of victory are far better if you've got the best guys out there. And the Dodgers still have the best guys out there, both at the plate and both the guy they would put on the mound. Okay, look. I'm just going to tell you I see this differently, and that is this. Because what you're saying is you're annoyed because Dave Roberts is continuing to push for we're going for the division title. Yes, because may- he's, he's got guys who are literally falling apart, like in front of his eyes. Well, um, you know, we talked about this last week about, you know, should you sit Julio Urias? And he did get the win. 
This was on Sunday. This was yesterday against Arizona in a 3-0 shutout. Um, I suppose if you wanted to pick apart his performance, you could feel free to go ahead and do that. But he pitched him, and he got the win, and the win got the Dodgers to their 100th of the season. And when you look over at the Giants, who won three straight on the road at Colorado, they're sitting at 102 wins, and they've got a a two-game lead over the Dodgers with six games to go. Now, the Giants have three against Arizona at home and three against San Diego at home. That's pretty easy, six games. And for the Dodgers, they've got three against San Diego starting tomorrow, and then they've got three against Milwaukee, much tougher games. The likelihood in the final six games that the Dodgers are going to be able to catch the Giants, it's a pretty low percentage. It's just not a high percentage play. However, I agree with Dave Roberts. I'm going to continue to sell to my team and to the fan base that we're going for the division. We're not shutting it down. We're going for the win. Here's the pro- and I will pick apart Udias's start because he played the worst team in the sport, okay? The worst team in the sport, and he still didn't pitch all that great, I thought, in five innings, okay? Only struck out three. That's the worst he's had in two months, okay, as far as an output from that in that regard, all right? And he is a strikeout pitcher. That's who he is. So, I, I, I and that's what they are. Like, the Dodgers are power arms. The way you win in the playoffs in the postseason, for the most part, is with power arms. It's the reason, if you want to go way back into uh, sports baseball lore, it's the reason why John Smoltz was more successful in the postseason than Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin when the Atlanta Braves were awesome. Because John Smoltz could throw 99 past your face, okay? Whereas Glavin and Maddox were trying to paint corners. And when you have power arms, particularly young ones who are gassed, you need to rest them. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say I'm on the other side of this coin, George. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dave Roberts here, and I'm gonna okay. Go with how about gut. this? Yep. If the if, if the Dodgers if the Dodgers don't rest these guys, they mm-hmm. are not going to win the championship. I will tell you that right now. Well, but, and that's but, their goal is to win the championship. But the flip side of that is. If the Dodgers do rest their guys and they don't win the championship, then people will look back and they'll go, well, what the hell were you doing resting those guys? What do you need to rest? Okay, let's do this on the other side because we're up against the break. Let's do this on the other side. I'm going to tell you exactly why resting them, even if you lose against St. Louis, is you're, you're conflating two things that have nothing to do with each other, okay? I'll explain why on the other side. I do want to get into the Rams and how one Rams player, has specifically stood out in a way that has caught everybody's attention in the football world. We'll get to that coming up. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Men in Black is great. I love Men in Black. It's a good movie. Now, the sequels I could do without. And Lindsay's dog that I've seen on the on the pictures does look like the dog in Men in Black. I mean, Chewie's call. way cuter than Frank the Pug, but he's Frank the Pug's a good-looking dog. Uh, that's when Will Smith had it rolling, okay? Like, there... That you know, sometimes these these actors, certain actors, have like uh, like a run 
where it's like they can't miss. It's like Michael Jordan or LeBron or Kobe when they're in the zone, right? How about Dwayne and, Johnson right now? Can that guy miss on anything? Well, not every one of his movies is great. And no, I love you know, him. It's like he's in everything. No, right. He He's doing – you know what he's doing? He does like what Belichick likes to do with the draft. Give me as many draft picks as possible. I'm going to keep trading down because eventually I'll hit on enough that it'll be awesome um, for me. And and that's what Dwayne does. It's just, uh, you know, he does a lot of uh, a lot of tonnage, you know, <laughs> is what I would say. Right. So you do 10 movies. You hope one of them's good. Right. And people remember the that, you know, that that's just it. But I mean, Will Smith had a run that was just wild. Good, like wild, wild, good. Now, granted, that run, you know, ended a long time ago now, if you think about it. Um, I want to no. say early 2000s. And then, you know, he had a couple of movies here and there, like Bad Boys 2 was still okay. Mike Lowry. Um, you know, Hitch, I Am Legend, okay. You know, like, the rest of it has not been that great. You what know? was the one now, movie where he's the homeless guy and he's working in a uh, in a corporate environment? What was is that? Seven Pounds. Per- Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit, Pursuit of, of Happiness. happiness. Oh my movie. God! There is a scene in that movie where I bawl my eyes out. Will Smith is like living in a homeless shelter and he's standing outside on the streets in New York City. And the boss from this company that doesn't know he's homeless, they don't realize how how he's doing to to even show up every day and to dress himself. And the boss says to him, hey, I have no cash on me. He's getting into a cab. Can you give me some money? Will Smith opens his wallet, has $5. Like, that's what he has to his name, a $5 bill. And he hands it to the boss because he's stuck in this situation. And I just, like, bawled my eyes out. Like, oh, my God. Again, I've gotten a little mushy. I get it. And it's an older movie. I get that, too. But that scene, that movie, that one got me. Uh, yeah, no, it, but it, he's the, here's the thing. He had a stretch where he was incredible, and then there was a stretch where it's been a long time since he's done um, great work regularly is the way I would describe it. Well, I don't know, George. Uh, based on the story that Lindsay was telling us in our pre-show meeting about Will Smith, sounds like he's doing great work frequently. Well, different kind of work. Uh, you know, basically him and Jada, which I don't think should be a surprise to anyone anymore based on you know what's happened and transpired over the last couple of years. Um, that they don't believe in having a monogamous relationship. Now, I, you know, Lindsay, you were talking about this. Now, you agree with him. You don't think that, uh, that monogamy works, right? I just don't think that humans, like, by nature, are meant to be monogamous. They're not meant to be monogamous creatures. And people, people do it because, you know, like, that's what society tells us to do, and that's what we do. And, you know, people get married, and that's what they think they're supposed to do. But I just think humans are animals, you know, so I just don't think it's it's a natural thing to do. So I, for one, you know, I'd rather be in an open relationship than than worry about, you know, oh, was my husband cheating on me and stuff like that. Like you can not be monogamous and still have a good relationship. Well, I would say this. Marriage is hard. And that's probably a big reason for it. There are animals in general and we are animals. Right. Technically um, are generally not monogamous. So, I mean, there's some animals in the animal kingdom that will, uh, you know, forget about monogamy. They will kill their mate. How about that? Just in, just that after the, the deed is done. Like, see you later. Um, so, you know, if you watch know, enough this, National Geographic, you know that's the case. But this, this Will Smith, Jada Smith thing, I mean, it, it's interesting to hear, though, celebrities of this magnitude say, yeah, you know, so our relationship is such that we've decided that for us to be happy, that this is the way we prefer to live our lives. And I'm like, 
You know what, guys? I love that admission. I appreciate the candor. And frankly, even though I don't live in that sort of relationship, I'm very open to it. Very open to it. <laughs> I'm sure. But marriage is hard for a reason. And that, to me, that's the big is, is the reason, right? Like, I mean, on top of the fact that, you know, monogamy doesn't just include sex. Monogamy also includes you're with this one person more than anyone, right? Which means that there's more chances of conflict, right? Because you're, you're, you're with each other all the time. And, and I think that that is the stuff uh, that also comes with it beyond just sex, right? No, I'm like, just talking I, about sex. I'm just talking no, about I know, but I, I am talking about it beyond just sex because yeah. how many times have you been in a room with someone? I mean, and forget about someone you're married to, just someone you're with all the time that uh, for work reasons or whatever, people at your office that get on your nerves, right? Like that's, that's, that's kind of a monogamous relationship to some extent too because let's say you have to work – you have a partner, a business partner, let's call it, right? Like you, like you have this, this, um, this company, right, Scott? Your company mm-hmm. cited. Yep. Let's say you had a business partner who, you know, you trust them as your business partner, but it, when you spend every minute of the day with him in an office setting, like pre-COVID, let's call it, you know, let's say you get on each other's nerves. That's only normal when you're around someone a lot, and that's part of monogamy too. Yeah, but in this particular instance, we're just talking about sex. I think that's all we're talking about here, George. And that's really, that's where I'm coming from, is I'm open to an open relationship. That's all I'm saying. I'm not the overly jealous type. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, Lindsay, could you be in an open relationship? I can't. I think that's the only kind of relationship that, like, in, and this is just my opinion. I know there's millions of people out there that make marriages work every day, make sacrifices. But I'm, I'm willing to admit I'm a pretty selfish person, right? And I'm not going to be in a relationship with somebody unless I think that person is good enough for me. And, you know, it's something that's going to make my life better. And the whole idea of like having kids and making all these sacrifices, like at this point in my life, I'm just not trying to do that. So the idea of an open relationship to me makes the most sense because I would rather like be in a relationship with somebody and have that, you know, camaraderie and all the things that go along with it, company, whatever, and knowing that, like, okay, if they're going to go do their thing once in a while and they have no connection with that person, I'm fine with that. Where I do, you know, the, the, where I would say that it crosses the line is, like, if there's a whole other relationship going on. Like, that would bother me. But mm-hmm. if it's just sex, like, that's all it is. Yeah. You know. Most people can't deal with the jealousy. I don't know, George. Could you deal with the jealousy? Um, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't think I would be able to deal with that for a lot of reasons, let alone just jealousy. But um, yeah, I, I, again, I'm, I have friends, I, you know, I have a buddy who I grew up with. Let's call okay. let's call him that. Okay. Him and his wife swing. Well, pre-COVID, but were kids and all. And they, they have like this dark life, basically, this oh, other life. Like, where they're like involved with another couple? Yeah, I know somebody like that. Yeah. So yeah. look, every I I'm not a cr- critical of anybody's lifestyle, bro. You do you. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? But there are a lot of things that happen in those relationships though that we don't take into account when you're talking about emotional stuff. And it's not just jealousy. There's a lot of things that that play into that stuff that we don't have time to get into here. But nonetheless, <laughs> we with Jada shrink <laughs> with Jada and Will I don't think this comes as a huge surprise based on just what we've known from them the last couple of years. So um, real quick before we move on, because we got a break soon to play Radio Tinder, finishing up the Dodger conversation. So you yeah. said um, you like Dave Roberts's 
situation here that or opinion of playing it through, playing it to win it, because if you rest your guys like Urias, Urias and uh, and Bueller, um, and you lose against the Cardinals, then what'd you rest them for? Well, let me ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. You're, you're going to start Max Scherzer. He's Understood. already said that. Understood. So if, if you're going to – I don't know if you're going to use them anyway. <laughs> so what the one thing has nothing to do with the other is my point. Why wouldn't you want them at optimal levels to play, I don't know, your rival Giants uh, when when you beat the Cardinals with Max Scherzer? I guess for me, um, I'm, a, I'm going to think about the mental side of the game, not the physical side of the game. You're, what you've been saying is rest these guys. They've pitched more innings. Um, they're in a situation where their arms are hanging down by their feet. You know, get these guys well-rested, get their bodies right. I'm going to think about it from a mental side, which is, guys, this is a marathon. We started back in spring training. We knew it was going to be 162. We knew that we were going to have to try and get through this round of the playoffs and this team and so on to get back to the World Series. By the way, to prove to the world that we can win a World Series, not in a 60-game season, but in the full 162-game marathon, we put our foot down. We, we said we're going to take this marathon from the, fit, from the starting line to the finish line. Well, we're six games from the finish line. I don't want you guys turning your brains off. I don't want your mind shifting in any way. We're going for it. We're going for a championship. Everybody here is a contributor. If you're hurt and you can't help us, no problem. We'll get you healthy. But as long as you tell us you're healthy and you want to contribute, we're going for I it. I mean, brother, Julio Urias is literally telling you his velocity is down. What no, more no. do you need? No, no. But but if I go to Julio Urias and I say, hey, Julio, like, can you not go? Do you know your body No, bro, there's a difference. There's a difference between you can't go, okay, and, yeah, my arm's pretty is, – is, is not the same. And a right? manager's job – and a manager's job is to really know his team – and to know his players and to say, this guy needs a day off, this guy needs a couple of days off, this guy needs to miss a start, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to yield to Dave Roberts' knowledge of his team and his baseball gut. I'm going to yield to Dave Roberts and follow his lead. And that's why I'm. That's why well, I choose to go on Dave, the Roberts Dave, side rather than the Sedano side. Dave Roberts has won a World Series using the numbers and the math. Okay, And the fact that he wants to use his gut now – I don't think is the right move because that's not the move. Though the gut didn't get him a World Series, okay? Well, you know, and, I always think about these managers, George, who especially have front offices that use analytics, and that's like the of, Dodgers, like exactly like the Dodgers. I usually think that decisions like these are made upstairs, not downstairs. And if it's as bad as you're making it sound, I'm so. Oh no, I, I, I mean, I, I think that he's got enough say now uh, after winning the World Series. You know, well, like I do. I do think that's part of it. Now, look, we, let, let's just tackle this later because we got to go. We're up against it. We're way late. We're literally three and a half minutes over the break. Um, so we could continue this later. And we got to get some back to some football. But first, Radio Tinder. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Linz, let it rip. 
All right, guys. So a lot of celebrities, as you mentioned earlier, were in attendance at yesterday's Rams-Bucks game at SoFi Stadium. Everyone from Mike Tyson to Larry David and, of course, one LeBron James. LeBron was spotted in a luxury box scrolling away on his iPhone, which many pointed out had to be an iPhone X or an XS, which is like four models old at this point. Mm -hmm. So we all know LeBron is a billionaire, has more money than God, and and people on Twitter just could not fathom the idea that he's still using a four-year-old version of the iPhone. But (laughs) as one person pointed out, LeBron used the ad-supported free version of Spotify to blast music in the locker room before games. You think he's (laughs) buying a new phone when the old one still works? So uh, the iPhone 13 just came out a few days ago. Are you guys people who have to get the newest iPhone right when it comes out, swipe left or swipe right, Kaplan? I'm going to swipe left. I am not the kind of person that immediately goes and buys the new iPhone. I'm the kind of person that waits until after the new iPhone has come out and then my iPhone stops working the way it's supposed to work or it stops charging the way it's supposed to charge because somewhere I think that Apple is screwing with me and they're going to force me to go buy the new iPhone. So I can feel LeBron on having the older generation of the phone one. I can also feel LeBron on not paying a subscription uh, for a service like uh, you Pandora. Know, Pandora or any of these kinds of things. Yeah. My girlfriend loses her mind when I control the music and all of a sudden a commercial comes on. And she's like, why don't you pay for the subscription? I'm like, A, I don't use it that often. And B, I'm in radio. I like to hear who the commercials are. Who's advertising on Pandora (laughs) that's not advertising on radio? So I like to listen to the commercials. I know I'm in the minority here, but it's you and me, LeBron. Uh, I'm also swiping left. I uh, I have an iPhone 11. It works just fine. Um, So I'm, I'm good. Also, LeBron is cheap. Um, and that is, is a known thing, like you mentioned. It. <laughs> and it was, I think it was Pandora uh, that that story was. I think you had said Spotify. It might be Spotify too, but I know that this, the famous story was Pandora because uh, Dwayne Wade told that story, who was also at that game yesterday and has, uh, I believe, like a suite, like owns like a suite at uh, SoFi Stadium. <laughs> no, uh, LeBron. And, and so Dwayne Wade once told me that LeBron is the guy when you go to dinner and it's time for the tip that he pulls out the calculator on his phone. Oh, like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> wow. There were a lot of celebrities there. I, you mentioned Larry David. Um, I saw Magic Johnson. Jason Sudeikis was there. I think yeah. you mentioned Mike Tyson, Sugar Ray Leonard, Dave Winfield, Dr. Dre. I saw former Chargers coach and former Raiders coach Norv Turner in the house. It was a star-studded event yesterday. Oh. It was, and it will be, continue to be. I don't know if Norv Turner can be, you know, mixed in with the names among the star-studded no, celebrity no. events. No, but. he doesn't. It just so happens. It just so happens that I caught him on TV. <laughs> they were showing some celebs, and somebody may have mentioned. You know what it was? It, because Troy Aikman, Norv Turner was Troy Aikman's offensive coordinator when they won oh, the three okay. Super Bowls. So Troy yeah. always takes up for Norv. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next. All right. Anderson Cooper is making it clear that he has no plans to leave his son Wyatt much inheritance, believing that unearned money is a curse. Quote, I don't believe in passing on huge amounts of money. I don't know what I'll have, the news anchor said during the morning meeting podcast today. I'm not that interested in money, but I don't intend to have some sort of pot of gold for my son. I'll go with what my parents said. College will be paid for, and then you got to get on it. I don't believe in inheriting money. I think it's a curse. When I was growing up, if I felt like there was some pot of gold waiting for me, I don't know if I would have been so motivated. Do you guys agree with Anderson Cooper? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Um, so I, I think that the headline is 
somewhat misleading. I will swipe uh, right because I do agree with him. I don't think you can do it all for your kids. I think that you can leave them something, sure. And his mom was Gloria Vanderbilt, right? So very famous designer. Mm -hmm. And she left him enough where he could get educated, right? Do what he needed to do. Still more than what most people have. Let's be real here. Um, But it wasn't the entire pot of gold, as he said. Uh, And I do agree with that. I think you give your kids the tools. Uh, In theory, we all want to support them. We all want to give them what we didn't have. But you can do that without giving it all to them, right? And letting them learn from themselves. Kids need to make mistakes. They need to learn from those mistakes, no matter how big or small, to not repeat those mistakes. And hopefully they don't make mistakes that cost them their future, right? But I I do agree with the premise of it. Um, However, I think there's a sliding scale here when you're talking about being the son of Gloria Vanderbilt. Right, because I'm going to swipe left here because the thing is, Anderson Cooper grew up ultra wealthy, you know, and he can say, well, my mom told me that she would just get me through college and after that I'm on my own and I was super motivated and I was really ambitious. And all of those things may be true. But growing up, this guy lived in the lap of luxury, you know, so those things were normal to him. I, I, I sense that when you're not rich, you actually want to leave and help your kids. And when you are re- really, really rich, you don't want to just make it so easy for your kids. I'm not sure I'm buying this whole thing with Anderson, but he's not the first person I've heard say this. I know plenty of wealthy people are like, I'm not leaving anything for these kids. Let them earn it on their own. And. I'm not sure I always believe that. Well, no, I, I think there's a, there's a balance, right? You want to give them, if you've got the means, you give them an opportunity, right, to support them. Um, however, I don't think you give them everything, right? Like, if I were to die, right, um, I would leave my kids. Now, it's different. They're very young. If I die, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, God I would leave bit. my wife and kids everything, of course. Um, you know, whatever it is I have, whatever possessions I have and assets I have. Uh, but that's different. But if they're older and I'm just like, you know, I, I don't know, like, like I, I would give them enough to chase their dreams, whatever that is, and, su- and support them in that regard. But they need to learn how to make money, right? Like, or or create a living for themselves. I do think there's a balance there. It's also interesting when you're like 50 years old and your parents are still alive. What, what your parents should not be leaving you anything. In other words, like I hope my parents, who, by the way, were not rich people. My father was a very, well. I, I mean, other than like real estate, right? Like, I don't know. Like what else, like, I mean, do they, well, I mean, I'm, that stuff gets, that's, that's, yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, is like, my, like my, I came from a very blue collar family. So it's not like there was ever any, uh, there was never a lot of money. So it's not like I'm waiting um, 50 years old. No, right. Some sort of inheritance. Right. Yeah, like, like, oh, right. my parents are leaving me millions. Can't wait for you, them to you, go. You, you and your siblings, and I don't know, do you have, I don't know I if you have a sister. Have I have a younger oh, sister. Oh, you have a sister. You and your sister will have to deal with whatever is left of their estate, whatever yeah. that is. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a house or whatever. Um, and you guys can figure that out on your own. But yeah, like, I get it. I get what you're saying. Same thing for me. You know, my parents are immigrants. Like, <laughs> you know, like they, you know, there's a home, right? But that's it. Like, that's yep. all there is. All I know is when I was younger and I was old enough to get a job, like 14, 15, my parents were like, if you want to have a cell phone, if you want to have things like you got to pay for it, you have to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I dated a guy for like 20 years who was the complete opposite. His parents were rich and gave him everything. And he was so bad with money. Yeah. He was just he had no concept of what thing cost. He had no idea, like paying bills on time and stuff like that. And I was just like, I'll never date somebody like that again because it's a nightmare. It's like it's like a child. Right. It's why I, you know, I, so I had this conversation with Clinton a couple of weeks ago, Cap, when you were out, 
Um, and Lindsay, you were here. It's one of the day I was in New York and Clinton was in the studio. And we got into the conversation about finances and what you've learned. And I said, look, I grew up, you know, my parents were immigrants, right? They were Cuban exiles. They didn't have a lot of money. They had to work multiple jobs, right? And they eventually made a life for themselves, sure, um, and allowed me to have freedoms that they never had, right? And um, and I, 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 I will do the same thing for my kids in an expanded way, right? In the sense of I have more knowledge of finance than my parents did, you know? Um, not because they didn't want to, ch- to teach me those things. They didn't have the know-how, right? So I have the ability and the know-how, and I will pass that stuff along to my kids to not only give them that support, but also give them the knowledge of here's how I did it. You got to use this knowledge and apply it to whatever it is you need to do to then create your own right like i think that's it all right we're done with radio tinder only two today because we were really expansive and we just didn't uh, shut the hell up on this stuff man yeah yeah i mean listen dude that's okay it happens you know we talk for a living i just feel bad now like i'm thinking to myself i pay for my kids phones i pay for their cars I pay for their auto insurance. Oh, you shouldn't. You should I at mean, least make them pay for something. Sorry. Sorry if they're listening. Can well, I mean, are they students? Like... Do they work at all? Like, no, what's I mean, happening? They, here? Like, my kids, like, one of my daughters, she has a job. She's a really good job. She pays for her own gas. My kids, every day, there's something coming from Amazon. So they're, they're ordering their own stuff because they're working. They've got their own jobs. But I definitely uh, am trying to do more for them than, than my parents could do for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, look, bro, you do your own deal. Like, whatever works for you. If you're not mad about it, what, you know, why the hell should anyone else be? That's the way I look at it. However, I'm just telling you what I would do because it's, you know, we're all different. All right. That is Radio Tinder every day at 530. Coming up next, Matthew Stafford, by the way, is talking to Peyton and Eli right now on ESPN2 uh, with this Cowboys-Eagles game. Let's get back into the Rams and how Matthew Stafford is changing minds one person at a time, including someone here. We'll get to that. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. <laughs> it's one of the greatest inventions of all time, and yet you aren't great at it, Cap. I do right? Google during the show. Can I tell you the one thing? Yeah. And maybe somebody can give me some advice on this. So I use Chrome as my primary browser, okay? Yeah. And I don't know how it is or why it is, but I want Google to be my primary search engine, and it somehow keeps changing. So I'll go to Google something, and then it'll all show up in a Yahoo search engine, or I'll Google something, and it'll show up in a Bing search engine i'm like bing. how did yeah i don't know how i have absolutely no idea Bro, how it i've changed. never met someone who has more computer issues than you seriously like somebody help me please yeah uh speaking of helping um have we figured out how we want to do this uh cue to call for the million dollar uh opportunity to win a million dollars we have actually we have we have two questions george that if you are a serious sedano and cap listener these are automatic home runs as easy as can possibly be, and that gets you in the running for the million dollars and a lot of other great prizes. If you are new to the show and you haven't been listening, I'm sorry, pal. You may not, you may not be able to get the answers. Okay, what are the questions? 
Mm-hmm. But we're not going to give them out yet. Oh, you want to do them at the end of the segment for the next yeah, segment? Yeah, so have, tell people Yeah, tell people to call here at the end of the segment unless you guys want to do it right now. Um, and, you know, whoever is the first person to get the – it's two questions, but it's two questions in one. It's two answers for one question. Right. And whoever what gets do you mean it right, two answers for one question? Like two answers no. would be appropriate or you need to get no, both No, you got to get them both. You got to get yes, both of them. you have to get them both. Wow, yep. you guys are making this challenging. No, 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 very easy. Okay. I mean, you're going to win Rams tickets for this weekend, like Rams right. Cardinals tickets. That's a so big prize. What, right. What you're winning is Rams Cardinals tickets right now, and then you get the opportunity to pick the teams and the score in Super Bowl 56, and if you get that right at the end of the season in February, if you're the person that gets that right, then you will win a million dollars. Right. So, and I just so want to say a- this. There is, there is nobody. There is nobody on this planet. There is nobody in this country in the world of sports radio that has the guts to even throw out the opportunity to win a million dollars. This isn't ESPN out of Bristol, Connecticut, and every ESPN radio station around the country is involved. This is us. This is just home base right here, L.A. So listen, later this segment, we'll give you the cue. You'll call. You'll have a chance to answer the questions. You'll win some great tickets to SoFi Stadium this weekend and a very serious, realistic opportunity to win a million bucks. Uh, so Matthew Stafford, speaking of the Rams, is on with Peyton and Eli. Matthew Stafford is now an MVP frontrunner. How about that, Scott Kaplan? The man you doubted. You doubted him. Matthew Stafford. And he is now an MVP candidate. What say to, you? Uh, here's what I say. I just want to be clear. I did not doubt Matthew Stafford exclusively. I doubted Matthew Stafford. I doubted Sean McVay. And I doubted a lot of other things surrounding the Rams. You know, departures on defense and so on. There, I may, I may show it to me, not a buy-the-hype kind of guy. But I will say this, George, um, Matthew Stafford, if you're like me and you didn't see that many Detroit Lions games over the past 12 years. Now, I covered one playoff game that he was in in Seattle a couple years ago where I was on the broadcast for that game. But let's face it, if Matthew Stafford played in 120 or 130 football games with the Detroit Lions, maybe even more. How many of them did you really, really see? One a year on Thanksgiving, maybe? I mean, I saw the stats. I saw the numbers. I mean, I don't know. I watched the Red Zone, so they were on a lot because they scored a lot at least. Okay, so I'm with you. I saw the Red Zone too, but I'm not like sitting down and watching every play. I know the stats that Stafford put up in Detroit, but I needed to see Stafford come to a winning environment around a winning culture, and then go be part of the winning. And I must tell you, George, um, I'm so much more impressed with Matthew Stafford. I would even argue that he's better than was advertised. And I look back to this game yesterday, and the third quarter is where this game is won. And if you didn't even watch the fourth quarter, you really didn't miss anything because the third quarter is really what it was all about. Um on third and 10, early in the third quarter, he hits Deshaun Jackson, um, and it's a 75-yard touchdown. It was Deshaun Jackson's first, uh, first touchdown reception. It made the score 21-7. It was a, it was a three-play, 75-yard drive that lasted 58 seconds, and the touchdown came on third and 10. This is the play where McVay goes running down to the tunnel. Do you know the play I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. How'd you like Sean McVay's speed? 
How'd you like his his immediate ability to go into full sprint mode? He talked about it afterwards, saying he may have pulled a couple of hamstrings. But I love to see McVay running full speed down to the tunnel to meet Deshaun Jackson. I thought it was really cool. What'd you think? It, it reminds me of when my son goes potty. My three-year-old goes potty. That's how I greet him as well. You just go crazy. <laughs> you lose your mind, do you? Yeah, I just run over there, I give him a five, and then we chest bump, and then I keep it going. Yeah, and then you just put your headset back on, and you go back to talking, do you? Yeah, right here. All right, so at that point, it's 21-7 in the game. And, I mean, listen, I think we should all be impressed with Matthew Stafford at this point. But wait a second. Now here comes Tom Brady, and here comes this Buccaneers offense. They're down 21-7. How will they respond? You know what they did, George? Nine plays, 75 yards, four minutes off the clock, and it's 21-14. Well, now we're getting into a shootout. So now it's Stafford's turn. There's 9.57 to go in the third quarter. Now here, George, Lindsay, and everybody tuning in, this is the play of the game. By Tell Matthew me the Stafford. play of the game, Scott Kaplan. Third and 10. It's a huge third down. Remember, Tampa's down by seven. Right. Is their defense going to get off the field? They're gonna, if they can, they're going to put Brady back on the field down by a touchdown, and the whole game could be different. However... Stafford to Robert Woods, 20 yards on third and 10. That, George, is the play of the game. If the Tampa Bay defense forces a three and out and Brady and the Bucks come back on the field down 21-14, we could be talking about a completely different game. By the way, after he gets that 20-yard completion, on third and five, he hits Deshaun Jackson across the middle, and then he scoots out by the numbers, and then before you know it, Cooper Cup scores a touchdown, and it's 28-14. And I want to say to all the Rams fans, you could hear it on TV. You could hear it on the radio. The place was going berserk. The crowd created a real home field advantage. Now, how do I know that? Here's how. Because once you could hear it. That's a very solid point. I mean, Jesus, it wasn't not much harder than that. I mean, you could hear it and see it. I'm going to cite another example. And here goes. It's 28 to 14. The Rams have taken what seems like control, but it's still in the third quarter. There's about 2.30 to go. Kenny Young sacks Tom Brady, and that makes it third and 15 for the Buccaneers. However, the crowd is going so berserk that on third and 15, there was a false start penalty, and it turned into third and 20. The Buccaneers were not able to pick up the 20 yards, thankfully. The L.A. defense forces a punt up 28-14. to 14. The punter from Tampa Bay shanks the ball, and the Rams get the ball on the Buccaneers' 37-yard line going in, and they kick a field goal with three minutes to go in the third, and it's 31-14. Game, set, match. That play by Stafford, the third and 10, the 20-yard gain, and the play by the defense on third and 20, and the crowd noise from third and 15 to third and 20, that's where the game was won right there in those few minutes in that game in the third quarter. Excellent. How's that? Yeah, I love it. I mean, you're right. But they also took control very early on, it felt like. And they just never relinquished control. I mean, the Bucks were in it for Brady actually had a good game. It's just the Bucks defense was getting carved up by the superior offense. No doubt. Um, and I'll tell you, the, the rushing totals are not going to look overly impressive to people when you look at the box score. You're not going to go, Yeah, wow, but I, I just think most teams, I mean, very very few teams these days are running the ball super effectively. You win, you win on the back of your quarterback. Like, that's just the reality. I'm not saying there aren't 
teams that have rushers that go for 100-plus yards or whatever it is. But you're throwing the ball 60-something percent of the time now. Like well, That's just I mean, the reality yeah, of listen, the NFL. Here, Stafford had 38 pass attempts yesterday, and Sony Michelle, who had the bulk of the running, he had 20 carries. And listen, he may have only had 20 carries for 67 yards, and he may have averaged 3.1 yards per carry, but there were several impactful runs that Sony Michelle had, and that's why you go out and get a guy like that who's a former yeah. first-round draft choice yeah. and who's a, a Super Bowl champion. All right, real quick, because we have very little time here. Tell people what we're doing to give away this million-dollar potential opportunity to win a million dollars, but you will win Rams Cardinals tickets if you get these answers right. Quickly, because we have like 30 seconds. You call 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Lindsay will have one question with two answers. If you get both answers right, you get the tickets and a chance at a million bucks, and it's coming up. All right, 877-710-ESPN. Line it up now so you can try to answer the questions to win the tickets, Rams-Cardinals. And if you win, you get the chance to pick the score of the Super Bowl and the teams. If you get that right in February, we will give you a million dollars. That's how it works. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.